¿Qué pasó, cochinos and sucias? I'm that vato gallo. Welcome to another episode of Sucias Are My Favorite. Today, I am speaking again with my friend, Cookie. Uh, that's a nickname or a pseudonym that we came up with during the show. And she is the one that was on the episode Sex Worker. And I just had some follow-up questions that I didn't get to ask her. Or rather, I was going to ask her at the first episode that we had together, but I didn't have my notes with me. So I was just going off the top of my head. And now we finally were able to get back together and link up and have this conversation about more questions about sex work. And I had a little startling discovery during the show. <laughs> How have you been? Great. You are, what are you enjoying? A little mimosa? Ooh, I got um, some mead, raspberry mead. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Sounds yummy. Look how fancy the glass is. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm more of a uh, honey mead type guy. Yeah, I like honey mead, but fuck, this raspberry mead tastes great. It's like mix, mixing the two flavors, but it's more honey dominant. Hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. I usually don't go with flavors much. Like I like to stick with either sweet or savory, not mixing them too, or like, you know, mixing my sweet flavors. I might give it a try. Yeah. And I'm not naked. I'm just hot in the um, studio. So I'm just in my <laughs> shorts. I had a Hawaiian shirt on, but it was, oh my God, no. That's why I'm eating a dreamsicle. So <laughs> you can hear me. It's okay. Yeah. It is crazy. How's life? How you been? What's going on? Everything's been good. It's just adjusting to medication and shit. Had to change that up because I was smoking and it threw my mania out of whack. So I had to quit smoking again. And then my antipsychotic got raised. But ever since then, things have been calming down a lot. Like I'm not having as bad of obsessive thoughts and it makes me happy because now school, I can actually focus on it without my mind going like, oh, I'm going to start this five minutes later. I'm going to do this now. Five minutes later, homework's not done. Right. <laughs> I have to do this. And then you got to cram it all in, you know, two hours and you're still getting distracted. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'm going to interview a hypnotherapist on Wednesday. Wait. Yeah, Wednesday. No way. Yeah. So then he'll be, so this episode will be on next Monday and then his episode will be on the following Monday. So, you know, check that out. And, you know, he, he helps with a bunch of stuff like helping to quit smoke and all this other stuff. But um, he's going to go into detail on some other things relationship wise. And I thought, hey, fuck it. Give it a try. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about some things like what, what do I want to work on that instead of having to deal with the therapist for months or group therapy for, you know, months or whatever, try hypnotherapist and try to get it done sooner. And I've been listening to some of the podcasts he's been a guest on. I'm like, oh shit, this is pretty cool. It's not just smoke and mirrors like they make it look like. Dude, I didn't know that there was a hypnotist out, or a hypnotist out here because I really do want to see one because there's some shit that I want to like see if I'm re repressing, you know? Actually, he's uh, in Arkansas, but he does all this stuff through Zoom. So, but I mean, it could still work that way too. Is you don't have to be in person. Um, a lot of them discovered through COVID that they could still do sessions through, you know, conferencing over, over the phone or through Zoom. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So you don't have to leave your house or apartment. I <laughs> I try or I'm going to try to do tarot readings for my friends on Zoom and I'm not charging them because I'm like, I haven't done that yet, but let's see how it goes. Cool. So hearing that made me feel a lot better about that because it's like, okay, if hypnotherapy can work over the phone, then maybe I can still get their energy for the cards. Right. Okay. Yeah. So friends and listeners, I have my guest again. She was, uh, or she was a sex worker and she was on that episode of the same name. And I'm going to 
keep her name out of stuff just for her own protection. I know she might let it slip every now and again, but I, you know, just want to play it safe and don't want anybody bothering her or do anything like that. But once again, I like to have my friend. Call me Cookie. Cookie. There we go. <laughs> Cookie's back. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be here. I missed you. Yeah, we keep missing stuff like, you know, school and work and all this other stuff. That we can't meet up and we were actually, we had been talking about doing like a photo shoot together because we had an idea or I had an idea of like Elvish boudoir and it's just the whole smoke thing with that we had here in Nevada, well, from the Dixie fires, then uh, scheduling conflicts, work and school and all this other stuff. So glad we finally be able to get together on Zoom at least. Yeah. Not to mention my bipolar <laughs> needing to mellow out on my medication, but we keep in contact still. We keep up with mm -hmm. one another and that's what's important. Maintaining those relationships. Yeah, definitely. So there was a bunch of questions that I didn't ask that I had meant to, but I didn't have my notes with me when we met up for the last interview. And so now I have them. There's going to be like a follow-up questions and kind of still centered around sex work, but also dealing with life afterwards and dealing with relationships afterwards. So while you were doing sex work, did you get to live any of your own personal fantasies? I did. I got to dress up as a dominatrix and I don't necessarily ever get to do that in my normal relationships because every person that I've been with beforehand and currently, it's more of like, it makes them feel uncomfortable if I'm dominant, unless they're like super fucking drunk or something. But outside of that, it was so fun being able to dress up how I've always wanted to buying outfits that I could just wear and like people can appreciate me in like the schoolgirl outfit and stuff like that. I thought that was fun as fuck. Like it was like Halloween. It was like going to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but voluntarily like that was really nice. That was one of my favorite things. And then sexual wise, um, not really. It was more of like the outfits because sex, like in itself, um, I mentioned on the last podcast that um, the people that I were, that I was like kind of seeing as clients, they were more involved emotionally with me and they had like a crush on me and they were more like my friend. So, you know, it wasn't more of like a fantasy thing with them. I mean, I helped other people about their fantasies more than my own, but the outfits were mine and I take pride <laughs> in having that leather corset. Yeah. That was awesome. Seeing some of the pictures that you have on Instagram of various cosplaying things that you do. And which was also the idea behind, Oh, Hey, you know, maybe I could ask her to cosplay because you're local and you're the only person I know that, you know, does cosplay that is close to me. Uh, but I had Thanks. a follow-up question. Oh yeah. With a cosplayer, at least with the schoolgirl, I think almost every guy has that fantasy, the whole either schoolgirl, nun or nurse. Like one of the, I think those are the top three. Yeah. I always wanted to do the nun one, but I just didn't buy the outfit. I don't know why I never went that far, but it seems fucking awesome for a photo shoot idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. But guys, Definitely. Um, I've noticed that schoolgirl, um, men really like using rope for whatever reason. And even more than that, just for some reason, the guys that I was with, they liked the things that I wear on my legs too, like the sheer things, just like my garter and stuff like that with like high knees. 
I did see a post on Facebook saying girls that are nude that take pictures with high knee socks are more sexy. So maybe that's a more popular opinion than I thought. But Hmm. I did see that a little bit like a fascination. Yeah. And for the listener's uh, point of view or to get an idea is that was tall and slender and very leggy. So I I think that would add to it or accent to it where, you know, long, slim legs are turn on. Mm hmm. So yeah, my legs are pretty cool. (laughs) So did you enjoy any of the sex that you had as a sex worker? Yeah, I think that it was very intimate. Just the uh, whole incident with the first person that I was with whenever I accidentally made him bleed and he couldn't talk because he had a ball gag and was tied up. I still think about that sometimes. (laughs) And I still feel really guilty about it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, like I would say that it was really fun for me. It was interesting. I loved learning about these people. And even though I couldn't be a part of their every single day life, um, the people that I would send videos to online, even there's this one person who can even still to this day, likes buying some pictures if he can. And he likes talking to me. Um, and he treated me so well, just because I would dress up in like the sexy cosplay and take pictures that way, or like just anything really like showing my body and like videos and stuff and it made me feel really good because he eventually said yo if you ever want a baby i got you and i was like you know that's a great offer but i'm not sure (laughs) but it was a nice offer (laughs) i was really impressed that somebody went as far as to like get to know who i was because the whole reason he said that was because even though I hardly know you, I know that you're a really good person. And I feel like you'd be a really good mom. And it's like, no matter what, it's like people still appreciate me ethically in this business, as far as I've experienced it. I know a lot of people haven't had that experience where they're just degraded, but I've always been treated really well. So I've loved it so far. Like I don't delve in it as much because I'm seeing somebody right now, but Back when I was, it was great, like, just connecting with people and knowing that they wanted to know more about me instead of just, like, hey, send me a picture of you sucking a dildo. And I'm like, okay, I'll send it. Send me 30. (laughs) (laughs) But it is interesting, at least uh, in conversations I've had with some of my friends who've done OnlyFans and some friends and acquaintances that I know that did sex work either through circumstance or because they wanted to make extra money in that it seems the in-person connections is more sexual and just to scratch a niche. Although there can be some intimacy, there can be some pleasure, there can be other aspects to it. But by and large, it seems that it's mostly just to get it in, get it out and be done with someone that's attractive. And with the whole cam girl online, OnlyFans type thing, there's more of a personal connection, even though there's not a lot of personal information that you give out. Or in most cases, you know, it's just they know your pseudonym or whatever, but they still have a connection like, oh my God, you're such a good person. And, you know, I I really want to get to know you. And it's more um, an affectionate caring than a physical caring, it seems like. Yeah, because we want to keep up with one another and we like care about who like what's going on in the other person's life. Like this person I was talking to, somebody passed away recently and he posted about it. And I was just like, Hey, are you doing okay? And he was being really short, obviously we're not like best friends, but it's still one of those things. Like, you know, I'm still here for you. If you need to talk, we don't have to just be sexual. And even outside of that, um, 
just touching on the whole point of the internet persona being more popular than the in-person thing, that is why a lot of people get addicted to that sort of environment because e-girls, I wasn't necessarily an e-girl, but um, people that do that for profit, like for their job, um, that have a full-on OnlyFans and just post section or sexual pictures, they make you feel like this is all for you. Like I'm doing all of this for you and I'll tailor all this content for you. And it's almost like having a dream girl, but that person isn't real, you know, because sometimes when you have that connection with someone online, their only interaction with you is so that they get money and they keep on picking at you and it makes people fall apart after a while because you can't actually have that person you're just seeing videos and you're getting tempted by this person constantly to give them money because they know what you like to see. And I feel really bad for those people that get locked in in that environment and get addicted to porn and get addicted to like these certain uh, outlets because I have a really good friend that went through all of that and he spent hundreds of dollars on different girls like videos and stuff like that because he felt like they were paying attention to him because they cared about him. But after a while, it became apparent that if the money wasn't coming out, they gave no shits. And that was the difference between their business and mine. Like I didn't want to fuck people over. I didn't want to make people just pay me just because like I wanted people to have a safe outlet like emotionally, like they could talk to me. And then I also wanted to get money too by showing them like, you know, how confident I am with my body and how happy I am to like do something for them. But at the same time, it was always clear, like, you know, we are friends too. Like we're not just partners right now. Like I'm not just fucking selling something to you and you're my customer. Like we are fucking friends. Like if you need anything, I'm still here for you. And that's what made the big difference because all of them, if I needed anything, I know I could still go to them and say like, yo, like I'm having some trouble. Like I need some money type of thing. Like if I need to make something for you, I can make that work. And they would still help me out because they care about me as a person. It wouldn't necessarily just be for the content. And yeah, that's why I enjoyed it. And that's why I felt like I was kind of making a difference with these people instead of just using them because too many people get used nowadays whenever it comes to the OnlyFans industry. Yeah, totally agree. Especially with, like I said, some of my friends have mentioned how they do in passing. And for them, I don't think, it, or at least from the way they were marketing or sharing, it wasn't so much that they were trying to make a business out of it. They just wanted extra cash for whatever month. And they knew that there's a lot of guys out there that would, or at least people, guys that they know personally, or, you know, in real life that would want to see what their boobs look like or what their nipples are, or, you know, what they look like naked or whatever, or anything else that they would do if they were playing with toys. <clears throat> um, another question. Oh, and then back on the topic about like the porn addiction, which when I first started going to, to therapy for sex addiction, um, I wasn't even going forward. I was just going, tagging along with a friend that was going for other things through Celebrate Recovery. And, you know, I'd go to that group because I was the only one that would kind of be close to what I was, um, or, or close to thing that I could probably associate with because there was uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, anger issues, or sex um, addicts. But the sex addiction group was most of the guys talked about either 
having a porn addiction or a few of them having something to do with prostitutes, either that they would only see escorts or that they just liked talking to them, that they'd cruise by, talk to them, and they did like the idea of talking dirty to them. And so I was just kind of there with nothing to say. I was like, well, shit, I don't have any of those problems. I, yeah, I'm good. I have sex, but I'm just here. I'm bored. I'm just going to kill time until I realized um, or associated a drug addict's testimony that the reasons why he chose to use drugs are the same reasons why I would go out and have sex because I was lonely, because I was sad, had a bad day, wanted to feel good, needed an ego boost. And that's where I would just go and hook. And then I would think, oh shit, I'm hooking up with just these random ugly females that I don't even care for, that I have no interest in just because I know I can get it in because I know that either they're desperate or that, you know, they're just not my physical body type, but I know that they wanted me because of my, you know, bad boy look or persona. So it just was easy picking or just picking low hanging fruit. And that's when I realized, oh shit, now I need to change. I need to work on who I am and all these other things that I do. Yeah. There's um this one book called The Reluctant Fundamentalist by, um I think his name is Mohammed Hamid. I know the last name is Hamid, but um there's one scene in the book where he's seeing this girl and she is just the like the ideal American woman, basically. Her name is Erica, even to represent America, and she is in love with this guy named Chris, representative of Christianity, stuff like that in America, and he died. And during one of those scenes, he says, "Pretend that I'm Chris, like pretend that I'm your ex while we have sex." And during that classroom discussion, everyone was like, "Oh, that's a symbol for." him essentially using a disguise to further his like using a disguise to basically be accepted by America and I saw it as I've been that desperate before where I've needed love to where I will do what I need to to like make sure the person that's in front of me is comfortable and that whole scene really reminded me of how hard it is to find something that's genuine nowadays, especially when it comes to sex, because sometimes you can find yourself emotionally involved with somebody who isn't that sexual, and then you start feeling bad about yourself. But the sex itself isn't what's important when it comes to being connected with someone. The physical connection is really important biologically, but outside of that, since we're leading into the whole thing about cheating and everything, um, outside of that, the sex is just a symbol for intimacy and you can use intimacy in other ways. Some people only see it as sex, but most of us want something more from that instead of disguising ourselves as somebody who doesn't give a fuck about anything and just wants to have sex. Deep down, we all want that emotional connection and we feel empty without it. Yeah, totally agree. And that was the issues that I didn't recognize that it was an emotional connection that I was looking for. It was to me at the time or when I was doing it, it was just a release to feel good, to feel happy before that, that, um, oxytocin uh, shot or boost to feel good about Mm -hmm. myself or feel better. Um, so since you've quit, uh, doing sex work, how many relationships have you been in or have you had, or actually how long has it been since you quit? I quit around... It was when we talked last. That was the last time I did anything. It was like about a month before. So I can't remember when we met, but it was during the summer early on, maybe around June. Does that sound right? Yeah, somewhere there. Yeah. 
seems around there because um, I've been seeing this guy for yeah around June and I sold photos once while we've been talking and then the closer we got I kind of just let it go and like checked in with these people and let them know like hey I'm you're here or I'm here as a friend but I'm no longer doing that anymore so yeah it's been a couple months and it's been kind of a journey because I've been trying to figure out different ways to get involved with the community outside of that um, with my mental health being kind of fucked up, um, I can't really tutor as well as I used to. But now I'm leaning towards uh, helping people with tarot and also with their psychic abilities. Because after this morning, I passed 9 out of 10 with my psychic test. So I think I'm getting closer. And that's what I'm kind of focusing on is getting more in tune with my intuition and being more there, like there for the community. And then hopefully... As time goes on, I can get back into tutoring, but I'm also working on a poetry collection too. Hmm. So I'm opening my horizons more when it comes to art and uh, just being involved with the community in a more in a healthier way. I was okay, so I'm surprised because I thought somewhere or maybe when we first met or early on, I could have sworn you'd made a post that you came out as gay, or am I thinking of someone else? Nope, that was me. And then I realized that, uh, so that's a funny story. I thought that I was 100% gay because I started talking to this girl in California and she just fucking took my heart away. But then after a while, it didn't work out. So I was super upset. And I went out with two of my really good friends and we went to a bar uh, out here in Reno. There's this place called West 2nd Street where you could do karaoke. And I ran into one of my old high school friends and she is in an open relationship with a girl and she sat down and talked to me because she's known me since high school. She's followed me on social media ever since. And she told me, she was like, I know you as a person and I know that you're more attracted to people based on their souls. And I feel like it's limiting you if you just talk to girls because me knowing you as a person, you don't just like girls. You like people's souls you don't just care about their bodies you care about how they treat you and you shouldn't limit yourself just because you feel more comfortable around girls you can be emotionally attracted to girls and just sexually attracted to guys she's like there's a broad spectrum so try to think about it a little bit because i don't want you to like limit yourself and then years later on realize that you're a completely different person and i thought about that deeply because she did know me during a huge transitional period in my life. And I realized that I do like guys and certain people are not great for me, but it's just because of their soul. And I've learned to hone in on that. And I don't know what that term is when it comes to sexuality, but I've decided that I do like both genders like I'm thinking about naming my poetry collection bipolar bisexual because it's kind of what I am. And it's gotten to that point where I just care about everyone. And if they don't treat me well, I can kind of figure out where that comes from or I can let it go. That's awesome. That, that your friend would see that in you that sees more of who you are and actually take the time to sit you down and talk to you and like, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. You should try this. I, I, I'm surprised 
I just surprised because I had a line of questions. So now I'm trying to reframe them in my head as I'm babbling on. Um, so now with this guy, how did that conversation go with, you know, letting him know about your past? And uh, clearly he, he accepts it. So, you know, was there a transition for him to try to deal with it? Okay, you know, let me, I need some time to think about it. Or he was just like, meh, okay, whatever. He honestly was like, whatever, because, and it made me really happy because usually people are like, hmm, okay, well, does that mean you're still doing it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, do you have all these STDs? And I'm just like, no, <laughs> like I've, I'm not fucking doing this shit like without a rubber. I'm not doing this shit because I'm like super excited to end up like easy. Like I'm doing this shit because I want to freaking take care of myself, but also, you know, in the process, I'm taking care of other people. And whenever I told this guy that I'm talking to about it, um, he didn't really have any comment. He was sort of just like, okay, well, that's part of your life. Like, there's no reason you should feel bad about it. Like all of us go through hard times. And he's the one that says, you know, we both grew up in a low income neighborhood, like our whole life. So he's just like, if you don't know what it's like to eat a raw hot dog for dinner, then you don't know what it's like to be fucking surviving. And that's when I realized like, dude, you fucking get it. Cause he's just like, I know, like you were just surviving and that's okay. Everybody goes through periods like that. And it made me feel really great because that's something that has been a challenge with other people. You know, the last girl I saw, she is still in sex work. So obviously she was okay with it, but, um, you know, things didn't work out for certain reasons. Our mental shit didn't match up because she has, um, more severe mental disorders than I do. And she's not being medically treated by it. She's kind of just like doing Coke and whatever the fuck to like calm herself down and not even think about it. So as soon as I let that shit go, started talking to him, things were a lot better. And even to this day, like I, we got in a huge argument the other day and he drove straight to my house to talk to me instead of just ignoring me like everybody else. Like this dude genuinely fucking cares about me and that proved a lot that he didn't care about my past yeah that is that is rare well i was talking <clears throat> rare about the um coming to you and wanting to discuss it if you have an argument versus the typical male response would be just ah, fucking ignore it and then if you don't talk to me in three days then we're broken up and i'm gonna go cheat on you or whatever you know that that whole um mindset or train of thought however you want to call it um but it's great. I find it great that Pete, that you found a relationship like this because I think it's rare. I, as, as far as I know, with a lot of my female friends, you know, they have a hard time just finding a male that'll not ghost them or that'll keep calling them and keep talking to them. So that you find a guy that was willing to do all these other things um, of his own volition, not that he's, you know, you're nagging him to do stuff. I think that's great. Um, train of thought. Sorry, I had to spit out the rail. Got some mucus in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I muted it though. Nobody heard it. Where was I? Let's see. So yeah, it threw me off because I was like, I was 99% sure. Yeah, you were a lesbian. You came out and I'm like, okay. So I had these questions and like, so the idea was essentially that as a lesbian, how would a, les a lesbian partner feel that you were essentially not a gold star or that you were doing this other stuff? Um, and so now it's kind of pointless because. Nah, it's not pointless. I can kind of talk about what happened with um, the first girl I was seeing. Well, yeah. So the other girl. Yeah. How'd that go? 
And how was her reaction to, you know, your, your previous, well, I mean, she also did sex work as well. So I guess she probably didn't care, but, um, you know, how would she have felt or would either of you been okay with the other still doing sex work with males in person, not just, uh, e-girls with her. I was sort of thinking about the first girl I got serious with, not this last one. We'll name her, uh, we'll name her Charlie. She essentially, she was out for herself. I was more of a, a comfort while she was alone type of thing. So that was different. And I realized that over time and that kind of broke my heart because I gave her everything that I could have emotionally and it didn't work out. But the first girl that I talked to, once she found out, she went mute. She didn't want to talk to me for a little bit during that day because I was hanging out with my good friends. The guy that I'm seeing, he's roommates with two of my really good friends. We'll call them, uh, what, David and Bob. So David and Bob, they are my best fucking friends. And once I started seeing them more and I started seeing um, this guy more, uh, fuck, I love this. We'll call him Sanchez. So <laughs> my new man, Sanchez, um, once I started opening up about my past and everything like that, they were just super understanding. They were just like, man, like, I can't believe you went through that, but I'm glad that you're okay. Like, I'm glad that you made it out safe. And the first girl, instead of that response of, well, I understand what you're going through. I'm glad that you're safe and everything like that. What a person would do if they actually cared about you. It was more of, well, fuck. I don't know if I can be with someone like you because you hang out with guys at 10 a.m. Or excuse me, you hang out with guys at like 10 p.m. and you act like, you know, it's really inappropriate and everything like that. She set up these very, very strong boundaries that I'm not comfortable with. Like I told her basically, like I can hang out with girls at 10 p.m. and it's okay. But if I hang out with guys at 10 p.m., it's weird and inappropriate. And that seems strange because at that point I was like considering myself a lesbian. So I was like, well, the former should be more questionable in your opinion. But that's why things didn't work out was because she did not trust me even with my friends. And then after a while, whenever I told her like, well, what would you say if I told you that I've had sex with half my friends? What if I told you that I've done sex work? What if I told you that I have actually done sex work more than once like would you still accept me and she was basically like I don't know how I feel about that and I was like okay well that's who I am and I'm not going to change who I am just because you're uncomfortable with it because I'm not doing anything wrong and that's sort of mean and blunt but at the same time fuck it like, if somebody doesn't accept me for what I've done in the past, I have to be blunt. Basically, let them know, like, it's the past, man. And that's what happened. I had to survive. Like, I got into a huge-ass car accident. I had to pay for medical bills. I had to take care of myself. In my apartment, I was about to lose it. I'm not going to fuck my whole life up just because I don't have enough money. I'm going to go out there and fucking hustle. And she didn't understand. So... That was an experience that made me realize that if somebody doesn't accept me, it's fucking over. And that's whenever me and you started talking on the last podcast, because that was already done and over with. And I started accepting that. So 
with fucking Sanchez over here, it's way fucking better because he cares about my well-being. And if it gets to that point, he'll take care of me instead. Like I was starving eating top ramen for like two weeks. Like what was it in the middle of June or July? Cause I didn't have a lot of money. And I was thinking about trying and doing sex work again, but instead he was like, no man, like I'll just buy you groceries. Like I'll just make sure you're fed. Like you don't have to resort back to that. Like I'm fucking here for you. And that's what made things better. Like he wanted to make sure that I was okay and I wasn't doing things that was unnecessary. And it made me happy because even though I can take care of myself, if someone's offering to take care of me so I don't have to use my body for that sort of thing, it's really special and it's rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I'm just thinking ahead because once this goes out in the air, some of my female friends listen and a lot of them are single and been single for a while. So I can just imagine that they're going to be, God damn it, blah, blah, blah. I should do sex work or, you know, <laughs> just because, you know, that they, that their association with how things are is that, well, I'm a good girl. I do this. I deserve a good relationship. But I think everybody des- deserves a good relationship. The key issue is that a lot of us don't address our own personal baggage. A lot of us don't want to seek mental, me- seek help for mental health. Um, and, and I was one of those people. I just refuse to admit that I have a problem. I'm strong. I'm a man. I'm big. You know, I'm muscular. I'm all these other things. So I don't have to worry about things. I can take on anything that comes my way. And if something, you know, attacks me or bothers me, I just ignore it and it goes away and it's not there anymore. And I don't have to worry about it. But, um, yeah, that's not, that's not a great way to live. And so I could just, I, I, I'm trying to, imagine some of these discussions or arguments I'm going to have because like, damn it, she has a great relationship and, you know, I'm over here chasing guys or whatever they're doing and not getting that. So, um, but I think our friends would be better character or judges of character for who would be better, would make better mates for us. Like, you know, the whole matchmaking thing, a lot of times it's through personal relationships and networking, not just you personally or randomly picking strangers off the internet. You have someone, oh, hey, I know this guy that's a doctor or he's a dog walker, but, you know, I think you'd really get along, even though you might be a nurse or a higher paying job. doesn't matter the money you make. A lot of people focus so much on the money and, you know, all the things that, yeah, money makes things easier, but it's not going to make a relationship happy. Mm-hmm. I agree. And the way we started out, like, all of us were hanging out at the pool one night and that was the first time I even met Sanchez and he was just super sweet. Like we were just hanging out by the pool and I had a couple drinks and I was just like, well, damn, I think you look really cute. Cause he has a whole sleeve dedicated to the fourth kind. And if any of you guys know me, like I'm obsessed with aliens. Like I'll come home and scream about it. Like I'll do the nine 11 routine where I'm just screaming out my fucking window if I'm alone. So he's just like, he's there for all of it. But the first night I met him, um, we were talking and then I ended up texting him. Cause my good friend that was over here, he gave me his phone number. Cause I was like, do you think that he would want to do stuff? do you think that he'd like my lady parts? And then it's <laughs> like, hell yeah, dude, I think so. And then I texted him and his phone was upstairs. So he never got it. And I fell asleep. But the next day <laughs> he read it and he was like, I apologized to him for flirting with him. Cause I thought it made him uncomfortable. 
And then two days later, I was at my house and I was like, nah, I really think Sanchez is cute. Like, I really want to see him. And I texted him and I was like, do you still want to, you know, still want to hook up? You want to come over? You want to watch the fourth kind with me? And he was just like, man, I thought it was just a drunken thing. Like, I thought you just thought it was cute because you were drunk, but I really think you're cute. We should fucking hang out. And then that same night, we ended up doing stuff, and it was amazing. And then we started seeing each other since then. It was not even, like, a sexual thing, most of all. Like, it was, like, he's one of those guys that it's one of, in the moment of passion, he likes doing stuff. Like, we only have sex maybe, like, once a week, and it's enough. Like, it's seriously enough because there's so much passion that goes into it. And we barely, like, like, we see each other, like, three or four times a week. And I don't know. Like, that's when we started building something. So I feel like whenever it comes to girls that are afraid or upset about people that don't want to accept that part about their past, um, they just haven't found the right person. I found mine coincidentally. So... That's the only reason I have this person is because it's just a huge fucking coincidence. Like, that's just how the universe works sometimes. Some people, and who knows, we're probably not, I don't know if we're going to be together forever, but at this point in time, we are working. And that's something that a lot of women and men need to realize whenever it comes to having a past and meeting people is that it's going to take a couple people to get to the person that you're supposed to be with that first girl that I was with that didn't even want me to hang out with guy friends, obviously not a good choice. The girl that I hung out with who didn't give a fuck about me and just cared about herself. She accepted my past, but that was an unhealthy relationship. This person cares about me and who I am and wants to make sure that I have a good future. And that's the difference. You can't sit there and only have somebody that accepts your past. You have to have somebody that accepts your past and is also willing to help you grow as an individual and let you be that person for them as well. And that takes time. Like it really takes time and it takes honesty and being blunt and not being afraid about your emotions being too much. Like you're allowed to speak your mind. That's why we all have a voice. And that's why, you know, it takes time because not a lot of people like that. Not a lot of people like when you have a voice because that means that there's seems suppressed, but if they really care about you, they listen to your voice and you listen back and that's when things happen. Yeah. That sounds a lot like my relationship with my wife. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And that, you know, we were like each other's cheerleaders and um, I mean, I just, in a way feel bad for most of my friends that don't have or haven't had that experience or that relationship where, you know, you can see in your partner's eyes that they believe you can do anything. And not only do they have that awe in you that you can do anything, but they also still encourage you that they still tell you, you know, you can do this. I love you. You know, go ahead and do it. Fucking just go ahead and learn how to do that and start doing it. Like uh, she encouraged me to be a DJ, even though I have a cousin that's a DJ and did promise me to teach me since the nineties, you know, yeah, yeah. Some other time, some other time, whatever. And she's like, well, don't wait for him to teach you. Just go out and do it. You can buy what you need to buy. I'll pay the down payment and, you know, go do it, go work in bars if that's what you want to do. And I was like, shit, that's fucking awesome. You know? I love that about your wife because you're one of those people that definitely like, you just have such a big personality. And not only that, like you care about 
learning about other people and how can you learn about other people if you're not in an industry where you can consistently talk with them about their feelings without any filter, you know? Like that's what I love about your podcast is that it's so raw and it's so personal. And even outside of that, whenever you're like we've eaten together twice and both times we weren't sitting there silent. We were just sitting there talking because you wanted to know more about me and I cared about you. And having that support system, like knowing that you can trust this person not to fucking hurt you and still be who they want to be. That's when true love starts flourishing, letting that person be who they are and trusting that they're not going to hurt you in the process. Like, and that's what it takes. Like relationships are hard, but that's the bottom line is the trust, knowing that the other person's not going to hurt you while they're pursuing something that's important to them and literally pushing them to do something that you know is good for them whenever um, they've expressed it. Like if I'm sitting there saying, oh, you'd be a good engineer, you should go to engineer school, that'd be different. Uh, so my last guest gave me an idea to uh, do basically like end, end of pot or end of episode questions. So I have cards. And so pick one through six and that'll be like the last question. So it's like a little, so one, two, three, four, five, six. I should make them different colors. It'd be easier to pick. But no, it's okay. Just, I guess pick a number one through six. I'm using my psychic abilities. Let me see which one feels good. Okay. I'm touching the screen on. I think, yeah, go back, go back, go back to that one. No, up, yep, yeah, that one. This one? No, no, no. The one right above it. The second from the last. Hang on. Second from the last. All right. Whoa. So what is on, yeah. So what is on your porn search? Nothing, because I don't watch porn. (laughs) (laughs) Really? That's a rarity. Interestingly enough, I really don't. Right. Um, So then what do you use if you're by yourself? What is your, what do you use for mental stimulation then? Honestly, since I'm a writer, I use my imagination. <laughs> mm, that's great. yeah. I like um. Okay, since we're getting into this, I like picturing moments where, in my past, I felt really, really happy and like involved with a person. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be with the person that I'm with. Like I don't necessarily always visualize that. But typically I do because if I'm involved with someone, that feeling is like, since I'm bipolar, if I'm like in the middle of having sex, that feeling is like overwhelming and I get super excited and really happy. So I always think about um, the person I'm with or previous people I've been with, or I think about the anime I like because I'm huge. I don't know why, but I find anime girls really attractive and even though I don't necessarily like look up like hentai and stuff I'm um, someone that I used to be really close to watched it and I saw like a couple scenes and I was like hmm and those scenes have been ingrained in my memory so sometimes I could refer back to that and I start thinking about Nezuko and I'm like oh <laughs> 
Well, great. I appreciate that answer. And I love the honesty and I appreciate it. Um, but thanks again for taking out your time to hang out with me and have a conversation. I'm Again, I'm glad and I'm happy for you to have this relationship. Uh, I wish most of my friends or all my friends could have this type of relationship. Uh, for my listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out this long. I love you. You're worthy of it. Until next time, vessels. <laughs>